It's April 30th, 2020. This is Rook. One of the common traits of those of us in the Iranian diaspora is that we almost all lived in more than one place. Today, a young woman of remarkable talent who grew up in Iran, but has already called five different international centers home in building her impressive music career. Pianist Sonoz Sotudeh has earned a global reputation for her classical talents and performance style and played concerts all over the world, from London to Dubai to the Azadi Tower in Tehran. She joins us to talk about piano, prominence, and plans in a pandemic. This is Conversations from, to, and about the Iranian diaspora. I'm Gian Gomeshi. This is Rook. Hi there. Welcome to episode number five of Rook. How are you? Hope you're staying, uh, staying safe and sane. Merci que hastin, Inja. We're going to get to your letters of the week later in this program, our new Thursday ritual. We just started it last week, but um, I mean, we just started the show two weeks ago. So, uh, but it's a ritual already. Our letters of the week, we're getting a lot of messages. They're, they're not really letters. They uh, are posts that appear on um, our uh, Instagram or YouTube messages that people leave, comments they make, or emails directly to us. And um, I will crown the letter of the week, which has no prize yet, but. Eventually, it'll mean something. Uh, Sara from our team goes through them. Uh, I get to see them as well, and she tries to respond to as many as she can. So does Reza, a member of our team who's actually here, sitting here today uh, near Shia on the other side of the uh, glass room, uh, social distancing between themselves, of course. Hi, welcome, Reza. Thank you very much for having me. I can barely hear you, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be sitting beside Shia. Groovy Shia, I Yeah, you are sitting beside me. You're sitting six feet apart. Beside. That is correct. Yeah, let's not With give any impression on. that you're actually sitting super close. By the way, I love that your name is Reza. Yeah, you've been part of this team for a while, but I've never, I haven't said this to you because... Um, you could really just be anyone. I mean, Reza is like 95% of Persian males. <laughs> that right? is true. That is, Reza is Persian John, essentially. And and, and I saw a, um, I don't know if it was like a piece of mail or something from like a, uh, like a contract or something that had your name on it. Oh boy. And it said Muhammad Reza. Oh man! Which is um, is that? That's really your name? I'm never gonna. Forget is that your name? Gian, that is correct. Yeah. That so your parents name. basically said, "Oh, we're having a boy. Let's yeah. come up with a really unique name." <laughs> Muhammad Reza. Yes, that is exactly. In Muhammad Reza, how many do not keep Muhammad Reza. That's right. There's only one. You're partly here, Reza, because you're a fan of our guest today, Sanos Sotudeh. That is true. And uh, so let's get to this introduction. I'm very happy to have her on this program. Take a listen to this. Hello. 
sounds of Maurice Ravel, performed by today's guests at a concert at King's Palace in London, UK. That was in 2013. My guest today is a young pianist of Iranian descent who has appeared, as you could just hear there, in recitals at various venues and festivals around Europe, North America, and the Middle East, and has appeared live on several popular radio and TV channels across the world, including BBC Radio in the UK, Ocarina Music uh, TV in France. Uh, she's also performed everywhere from the Orpheum Theatre in Vancouver to the Ozadi Tower in Tehran just a couple of years ago. Sonoz Sotude grew up a child prodigy. She started playing piano in Tehran, her hometown, at a very young age, and continued her professional development into higher education with a master's from McGill University in music, and then a postgraduate study at the Royal Academy of Music in London on a full scholarship. After stints of living in Montreal, London, Dubai, these days, Sanaz is based in Vancouver, where she performed with the Vancouver Opera Orchestra last year and is pursuing writing and recording music that fuses Eastern Persian sounds and classical Western traditions. We will get to all of that. Right now, Sanaz Sotudeh joins me from Vancouver. Hello, Sanaz. Hello, Jan. <laughs> nice talking to you. Nice talking to you. Thank you for doing this. So how's it going over there in Vancouver for you during this pandemic? going well actually the weather is amazing uh, we have sun almost every day so it makes it really uh, nice and the spring is here so it's a it's a it's beautiful time of a year so that helps to keeps up keeps us happy i guess <laughs> another uh, another stunningly optimistic uh, uh review of, of life during a pandemic <laughs> when i know things haven't been so easy for you this is the the persian uh, uh stiff upper lip or the silver lining that i, I love uh, how, how first of all as a person how do you deal with isolation with having to be home um you know it's uh sometimes it's, uh, it's really tough of course, like we we all don't like to be alone and lonely for most of the time. So um, it's uh, it has its positive sides. As an artist, uh, we always experience this being alone and focusing on our own creation. But um, it's important to have the social uh, life as well. So that balance is not uh, near at this moment. But I'm lucky to have uh, my piano and my music and my art uh, to focus on during this time so it makes it much easier well i'm i'm going to get into the the things that you're creating because that's a an interesting thing to to throw out there i want to know what you're creating but first of all you're uh, <laughs> i know you're very family oriented and your family is not there in vancouver with you uh what what's that been like having your your parents are are they in iran or did they come back to canada or where are they now um, well, they're in uh, Montreal now. We have a home in Montreal, so they spend usually summers in Montreal, but this time uh, they were in Tehran when um, this, uh, the coronavirus started, and we actually got really worried about them. My sister lives with her husband in Dubai, so we are all over the world, uh, but um, so we got worried, and uh, they had a difficult time booking tickets to uh, to come uh, back to Canada because of the flight cancellations and sorry they were uh -huh. in Iran when Corona hit Iran and then they yes. they were able to get out in time yeah it was a bit tricky to my mom had a small surgery so it was uh, difficult for her to travel but uh, thanks God everything went well and they got the tickets 
with Qatar Airlines because the only airline that's yes. uh, not working. Between and what do you guys do? Do you guys uh, Zoom? Do you do do you do you have like a FaceTime uh, meetings with your sister in Dubai and your parents in Montreal and you in Vancouver? And I'm sure you have relatives in Tehran as well. How are you staying connected right now? Yeah, uh, well, with my parents, we do like uh, I do WhatsApp call and video calls every day. My sister's uh, situation in Dubai is uh, it's funny because there is no video WhatsApp or uh, Skype. Any video calls doesn't work in Dubai; it's banned. So we only do calls, normal telephone calls with her. That's the personal side. Let me ask you now about the business side because uh, this has undoubtedly been a, a tough time for you business-wise. I, I mean, when I think of musicians, um, and I specifically when I think of classical musicians where live gigs are so important to your livelihood, uh, I've, I hear you've had to cancel a number of concerts in London and San Francisco, across Canada. Tell me about that. It's heartbreaking, you know, because... We all train and we all work hard, and our biggest dreams is just per- it's performing, performing live. At least for me, it's very, very inspiring to my work, and that's what I love the most. Uh, so I had very yeah number of uh, concerts actually this year that I was really looking forward, and uh, they all got cancelled because of this situation, and we don't know when it's gonna be. Uh, happening again they said in 2021 so yeah it's not a easy situation in terms of performance which is more the most important part of my professional career to performing live at this moment so I, I'm, I'm sure you're talking to other musicians and other classical musicians what's a what's a classical musician supposed to do in the COVID-19 era People I know around me, they've been active doing virtual uh, performances, live performances online. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's uh, slowly people getting into more online live performances, but which can, yeah. But can I ask you about that? I mean, just to be rook about yeah. it for a second. <laughs> that because that, because as much as, as, much as uh, I, I appreciate everybody scrambling to find a way to, 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 to uh, continue their form of expression, to run their business and to uh, maintain an audience, but there does seem to be, be this growing notion that um, you know, somehow watching John Legend on Instagram or live or, or Zoom is going to replace concerts for the foreseeable future. Can you reflect on what you believe the importance of live music is? I mean, in classical circles or otherwise, what are we losing without it? Surely you can't replicate what you do uh, via Instagram. Uh, very interesting question. I just actually had a talk uh, on Zoom uh, for about the power of live music last week. I don't think that's going to... I mean, it's very good to keep up live performances for now, temporarily, like because of the situation we're going through, it's better than not having it. But uh, I think it won't... It's not replaceable to live music. It's not the same experience for audiences and for a performer. You know, like in a live situation, you are in the same physical space with the audience. And as a performer, they really affect my performance at live, like when I perform, the energy and their presence. So it's a totally different level of experience. You mean you, for audience, you actually play mm-hmm. play differently? Yes. In, in, in live situation, you react to your surrounding, you react to the energy of the audience and 
it makes the performance alive and uh, unexpected things happen, which is uh, it's it's really special, you know, and doesn't happen in a studio recording or in a con- uh, empty concert hall or like at home when you perform live for people. It's funny. I think there are some stereotypes when it comes to to classical music. Maybe I fall into these traps once in a while. That there's somehow <laughs> a a it's like a math equation playing some classical piece that was written hundreds of years ago that you just have to get the notes right and you know play it at the right tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that's not well, obviously that's not true. That there's interpretation and there's uh, animation that comes through a live performance, and that's the actual magic in the music, right? Exactly. When I was studying in uh, Royal Academy in London, my teacher, the very famous British pianist, uh, Julius Drake, once told me, yes, we are aiming to follow all the rules, play perfectly and play what's um, actually in the in the page, the music. Uh, but at the end, if it doesn't come from your heart, it doesn't make sense. So that really affects me. And in live performance, as a performer, we communicate our la- hearts to audience mm. and that makes it alive when it's in life situation otherwise we would have kept uh, music in museums and libraries like other <laughs> like other art forms right. or other right. things yeah, what that—that's what's special about music. You know, I, I don't expect you to have the answers any more than, than than <laughs> me or Dr. Fauci or whoever. But but what what do you think is going to happen? I mean, are you do you worry about never returning back to that that kind of live performance the way you've been doing it, where a crowd sits tightly together in a in a beautiful theater and and uh, you're sitting close to an orchestra that's all sitting close together and and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of of course. Like, I mean, at this time, I'm trying to not let the boringness, like, affect me much and try to stay at the present. But, uh, yes, it is boring with all the news you hear. I think it's going to be a real crisis to our field, uh, performing arts, if uh, this never going to happen or it's going to be replaced by online and uh, virtual uh, life of Mm. way of performance. When I had this uh, speech, like there was interesting facts that I researched that how live performance is really affects health uh, in our social life and affects affects people's health, right. and it's important for people in the society. And I really hope that we don't lose that. You said during this time uh, you've been creating things, though, so you've got that. Mm-hmm. Take me through some of your daily activities presently. How do you occupy yourself? Mm. Um, well, I'm uh, learning some new music and also I'm working on my uh, project which is inspired by music of Eastern music and uh, also learning how to improvise more different, uh, in different styles mm-hmm. in uh, jazz and other um, and also Eastern music. So yeah, I'm learning new skills. Uh, which is, um, I'm happy for it because I always wanted to have time for this. And um, yeah, and daily practices every day and practicing hours and hours, which is which is also good. So how does a, a, a musician, even an acclaimed uh, one like yourself, a, a pianist, uh, learn to improvise? <laughs> oh, um, well, my uh, way is like I st- I'm starting to learn how to improvise in classical jazz way. Um, jazz improvisation in with, within that room and then it will help me to mix it with um, 
different music. Like in, in terms of Persian music is modal music. So I'm going to use like modes and Eastern skills and also melodical patterns from traditional music to combine that, which inspires me a lot. And I love the folk, folk music from Iran. I love Shahram Nazari. And because classical musicians have, I believe they have very powerful technique and training. So uh, that these two combining together, uh, I'm sure it's going to be something nice. piano where you are right now, is there? Do you have a piano yes. in your house, in your apartment, or? Yes, I actually have a piano uh, in my place. Is it's it a grand a, piano? What is it? What, what kind of a piano do you have? It's there? a it's a digital uh, Roland piano, okay. but it doesn't sound like a real actual acoustic piano. But it's good enough. Okay, can, <laughs> and and are you near it? <laughs> yes, right. I'm you sorry. are. Okay, all right. So if you so. Um, can you can you just play us something like play us what I, I, I mean I'm going to ask you to play a couple of things I was thinking if you have a piano there you to, you know you could do some jazz improvisation for us but you could also uh, talk talk us through what this this fusion of styles that you want to do is uh, musically but whatever you want whatever you want I mean um, you want to try playing something and see if we can hear it I play something uh, and music is uh, by um, actually Shahzad Rohani because uh, it's Persian and I like this music that he's written. It's called Thoughts of Past. Okay. So I'm going to play a little bit of that. Okay. It's kind of mix of classical and Iranian music. Okay. For okay. Ten for piano. Okay. All right. A little bit of that, music. <laughs> that was great. I mean, uh, first of all, it's, it sounds incredible, but uh, also people are so angry at us right now, not you at, at Rook, because we're they're like, Can you not give this person a microphone so we can possibly hear this properly? Because it was a little distant, but it sounds amazing. It sounds it sounds great. So, so when you when you say you practice every day. What I mean, mm-hmm. you're as good as you are already. What do you? What is it that you're doing when you're practicing every day? 
well, uh, I'm learning new classical repertoires. There were some um, music that I always wanted to learn. They're very highly virtuosic. Basically, I'm focusing a lot on creating music with other musicians. I'm in contact with other musicians um, from Europe and here and even in Iran. And we are planning to put some new arrangements together for virtual presentations and concerts. And I've been asked to do a virtual concert uh, for a website, online website, that they are starting to do live concerts from state. Um, yeah, so I'm preparing different programs for this project and also improvising. <laughs> and also improvising. This is Rok. I'm Gian Gomeshi, and I'm speaking with acclaimed pianist Sanaz Sotudeh. She's in Vancouver right now in her place uh, of isolation there with her um, with her Roland piano uh, nearby. Uh, I, I want to ask you more about what you're up to now, but first take me back, Sanaz. Uh, how did this happen with the piano? I mean, I understand you've been playing since you were four years old in Tehran. This sounds like one of those mythical stories that people make up when, mm-hmm. uh, when they've become famous. Is, is that true? Were you really playing piano at four? Uh, I started music at four. Uh, my mom used to play piano when we were babies, and that was her idea to put us into music institute. And I started with Orf music by uh, Nasser Nazar. He was the first uh, person to uh, have Orf system of uh, music learning for children in Iran. Mm. So I started with that, and then at age of five, I started to play piano because we had to choose an instrument, musical instrument to play. And what was it about the mm-hmm. piano that so captivated you and turned that instrument into your life partner at this point? I actually don't know, because my mom, um, she said, whenever I used to play piano when you were a baby, you were just to scream and cry <laughs> that I actually stopped playing piano. So <laughs> it's not like I loved it when I was, you know. Uh, but um, we had a, this uh, live concert for uh, everyone at the end of our or time. And someone uh, played piano. It was uh, actually a little boy who uh, presented piano as his instrument and he started playing and I remember I started crying during that concert and I loved it since and uh, yeah it was totally my decision to play piano wait so you were mm-hmm. a kid as well and you started crying when he played the piano yes well, that's a, that's a <laughs> it's really uh, yeah it touched my heart and I, I, I just decided to play piano and since then you know, no one really pushed me to continue in music like my parents they were always like respect my decision and it was my love and passion for it i have to ask you about that mm-hmm. as well as a as a as an upstanding persian uh, girl your girl your dad is an architect your mom is a chemical scientist so how on earth did yeah. they allow you to go into the arts and not engineering or medicine or something i was good at my school but uh, I had this artistic side on me since I was a kid that uh, I think maybe they felt it too. <laughs> so, uh, and I loved, I loved music. I loved piano. I used to not even, like we used to go to the mountains during weekends and I used to always try to skip it to stay at home and practice piano. So they see this passion and they were, yeah, they weren't the traditional Persian parents to push their kid to study, become engineer or doctor. And my sister, for example, she started with me like a violin. She came to the, uh, she she followed me into 
studying at the Tehran Conservatoire, Hunayistan Musiri, uh, but, uh, but at the end she changed her field and she became a mechanical engineer. She studied at mechanical engineering. So they really let, the, let us to decide what we want to do. And so, so what does piano mean to you now? I mean, what's your relationship, if you will, with the piano? You know, I, I think about some musicians with their instruments. You know, famously guitarists, right? They they develop a relationship. This is my baby. You know, BB King used to call his his guitar uh, Lucille, and Lucille would come on the road with him. Do you have that kind of a relationship with your piano? What what does the piano mean to you now? Mm-hmm. It's something that you express myself through. You know, playing piano, the action of performance doesn't matter which kind of music. I always play music that I really love, and it communicates with me. It's form of expression. But what does that actually mean? When, when you talk about expression, what does it actually mean? Meaning that if you're sad, you've just been through a breakup, you can play the piano and that will express you, you, you somehow? Uh, it's not mostly about ex- uh, everyday feeling, but what what we want to say in this life, like I, what I want to mm. communicate to the world or to people in my life. And we find a way to do this communication through our art and music and performance. Mm. And this is very special for me. And every project I do, every performances I do, it's about that. So. Let me let me get to those performances. But before I do that, uh, I, I want to stick with your, your journey because so you're, you're a kid. You started studying uh, music into your teens at this prestigious school in Tehran. Mm-hmm. When did the idea first come up of leaving of leaving Iran? And was it related to wanting a music career somehow? Uh, actually, it was uh, directly related. And after I wanted to continue in classical music, and my mom wanted to move to Canada, so um, all that happened also considering me, for, because I love to do this, and in Iran, the situation, like, you know, training in classical music, is, it's not in an international level, so if you want to really continue, you have to get out. And uh, so we came to Canada. It was actually related to my love for music and what I wanted to continue. You eventually end up doing uh, work at uh, postgraduate work at the Royal Academy of Music in London mm-hmm. on a full scholarship. Yeah, that happened. What did you most? Go ahead. Yes, <laughs> that happened very unexpectedly because um, I was in Austria in the summer after my uh, bachelor, uh, after my studies at McGill, to, to, to participating in a music festival. And after that, I met professor from London, and then I, I, Royal Academy of Music was always my dream school, because there are two very big names, uh, music schools in the world, Juilliard in New York and Royal Academy of Music in uh, London. I mean, these two music schools were my dream schools to study. And uh, I just did a late audition in Toronto for Royal Academy of Music, and I was like, even if I get accepted, you know, I'm not going to move all my myself to London and this school is very expensive to study in. Uh, so, yeah, I wasn't even, like, planning. I just, like, I did an audition for fun. And the head of the piano department was the only jury who was auditioning people. And then he wrote me two weeks after and he told me that I got full scholarship and he wanted me to study with him. So that ha- all happened like magically, and then I moved to London to study there. And and you know I don't want to um, 
overemphasize mm-hmm. these identity issues on this show. Like everything has to be about what's it like to be an Iranian, <laughs> but but what is it like to be an Iranian? Like a a girl who grew up in Tehran. I mean, I, I can't imagine there were tons of other Iranians at the time that you were there at the Royal Academy of Music no. in London. So, mm-hmm. uh, what was it like for the Persian girl to suddenly be studying at you know one of the most prestigious music schools in in the world? It was, I think it was only me uh, as an Iranian, as I remember, like when I was studying there. And like, you know, you're surrounded with all this uh, European, you know, students and people who are like, classical music is part of their culture. It was very special for me to be around like really high level uh, musicians of my age and studied with them there. But there is no difference. If you're good at something, then people recognize and give you uh, recognition, and doesn't matter which background are you. But I created lots of projects during that time related to my background, uh, music and culture and poetry and literature in London, which uh, was very interesting for uh, for them. and. It was based on like the European interest in Eastern Oriental music and literature, which was very interesting. So you you live in London for a while doing that. You I know you've lived in Dubai for a little bit. You're you grew up mm-hmm. in Iran. You've lived in Montreal. You're in Vancouver now. Uh, at the intro of the show, I was talking about how uh, a lot of us in the diaspora, you know, these are we're people who have lived in a number of different places and have to sort of sort that out mm-hmm. in our minds and in our emotions and our. Uh, so, w- what feels like ho- home for you? How do you identify yourself with all that? Yeah, very interesting question. And like, it's very uh, adventurous uh, to go in different places uh, and start your life and connections all over every time. Uh, also, it gives you a bigger perspective of what I do and my connections get very international because of that. And people that artists that I worked with, they were like from different parts of the world and it's a good way, a good experience to live in different countries and experience actual life of living in different countries. Do you think that affects your playing? Um, yeah, because, you know, like, for example, when I was in Dubai, I met this uh, Kuwaiti artist based in London, Zahed Sultan, and we created this uh, special project together. So we used to travel to Oman, different places in uh, Middle East, and work with the folk bands, like folk musicians of uh, those places, and create music with them. Um, it was a fusion music of classical electronics and visuals, uh, multimedia performance. And um, yeah, and then create a new uh, performance based on that music. And it, that was like really amazing experience for me. And we were going to perform it in Iran, but some political stuff happened. But, um, you know, like these experiences, like I wouldn't experience it if I wouldn't move to Dubai, for example. Or in London, I met this amazing international artists and poets and um, musicians that I worked with. And it was all inspiring in my life and my performance. Yeah, it changed my career. So speaking of some political stuff happened, you, you <laughs> <laughs> very subtly put, uh, you did end up going back to Iran, and this is just a couple of years ago. You performed at the Azadi Tower. Uh, what was mm. that experience like? It was unexpected, like, like 
other things happens in my life. But um, I was used to travel a lot to Iran when I was in Dubai for the year I was living there. And I met Mahir Alizadeh. He's a very known composer in Iran. And uh, he, it was his project for his new album, uh, Iman, Without You. And uh, he proposed to me to perform um, in this concert at Saj, International Saj Music Festival. And that was happening at Azadi Tower. And loved the music that I performed with amazing musicians from Iran. And uh, also, like, the venue is one of, was one of my favorite venues in Iran that I always wanted to perform. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. What was it like emotionally? I mean, what was going through your mind when you, when you were performing and realizing that you're sort of at the epicenter of symbolism of, uh, of, of so much about Iran? You have all these dreams uh, in your mind. Like one of my other dreams is to perform at Persepolis. So all of a sudden, like it happens. Like you think that they're going to happen in um, far future, but then suddenly happens. And um, it's just like this, the, the feeling is like, oh, I can't believe it. You know, this is so amazing. And I'm performing at this. A historical place and but at the same time it's real and so it's very magical did it feel like you're uh were you emotional in the sense that you've sort of come home or did it feel like a gig you're i mean you you you're based in canada now this is your home did it feel like you were revisiting somewhere that you remembered when i went back to iran and uh, worked with people and uh, did a performance the feelings of being in Iran, it, it always feels at home, you know, and I felt really at home. And um, no matter how long I've been living outside Iran, I lived most of my life outside Iran than in Iran. And people in Iran had changed. So I wasn't really familiar with like the new culture in Iran. But when I was there and I was performing, I never felt I'm a stranger. I felt I'm at home. Sonas, you said in a recent interview you mm-hmm. want to re- reform the image of our culture, the Iranian culture, through your art and performance. What would you mean by that? That was always one of my dreams. Like, I want to make uh, Persian music universal. We have great uh, literature and music, and they all have this beautiful message behind our poetry. And this is uh, very special to me, and I always wanted to communicate it to the universal audience. For piano especially, there haven't been much uh, compositions in, uh, inspired by Persian music uh, that, that are competing in the same level as classical music. Mm-hmm. One of my goals to create um, arrangements and compositions for piano and also working with traditional Persian musicians um, on creating new music uh, composition inspired by our uh, literature and poetry. Right, but not just for the outside world. It sounds like you're speaking to uh, Iran itself as well, because you've said, I want to do concerts with musicians from my country, I assume you mean Iran, to perform music inspired by our poetry and literature, because I feel strongly that it's time to save our country and culture through Mm -hmm. art once more, the same way that Hafez Ferdowsi did through poetry before. Tell us about Mm -hmm. that. I, I don't want to get into like you know political talks, but we are go- going through the time that I think we are losing Iran. Our country is going through different difficult times, 
and uh, all these you know negative things uh, affect uh, are affecting our culture are affecting our new generation in Iran and I think it's important to save Iran we shouldn't lose our culture it's so very good to get to talk to you. I thank you so much for doing mm-hmm. this. I'm gonna we're gonna go out on some music um, at the end of this show. To, that that is uh, this performance of uh, a piece called Nostalgie that uh, you did with the Vancouver Opera Orchestra last year. Uh, yeah. That is just so beautiful. You're you're in the middle there playing on the, the grand piano. Can you tell us anything about that music that we're gonna hear? Yeah, about? that music is by composer Loris Cheknavarian. He's Armenian Iranian composer. And he is uh, he he nominated as an ambassador of peace from Iran, also from UN. And uh, he is uh, he's a very inspiring composer, and I loved his music. So I decided uh, to perform that with uh, Vancouver Opera Orchestra uh, in Vancouver. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Take care of yourself out there in Vancouver. We can't wait to see you in live performance again, and we'll watch you on on our little screens for now. If you do, if you do any virtual concerts, <laughs> um, thanks sure. so much for doing this, Sanas. Thank you, Dan. It was lovely to talk to you. Bye bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. Sanas Sotudeh is a globally acclaimed classical piano player. She joined me from Vancouver, Canada today. our letters music our middle music this is Rook conversations from to and about the Iranian diaspora Groovy Shaya playing the um, the music uh, Shaya and Reza together on the other side how about that Sano Sotudeh huh I loved her I truly do I think she's extremely talented well spoken and uh, I was very impressive yeah she's she's really impressive yeah. And, yeah. and that journey of trying to fuse the east and west is it's becoming a continuum from uh, from episode really? 10 and, and, and I'm truly and I envy her I'm jealous because when she was talking about her parents being supportive and everything my parents were the, the, the complete the opposite, opposite. <laughs> complete yeah. opposite yeah can people hear a Reza right now Shaya is that is that, is that on yeah. The people, they can't. All right. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> so. No idea if it's working. Okay. So uh, thank you, Muhammad Reza. Oh, boy. Muhammad Reza and Shia. It turns out Shia's name is actually Reza, too, by the way. What? Is that true? Yeah. yeah. Sh- Shia, your name is also Reza? Yeah. But <laughs> peop- yeah. Peop- actually, my. Uh, my born name, my birth name, my uh, was Reza, but people usually call me Shaya. Good for you. People started so, calling me Muhammad. So everybody, everybody is Reza now. <laughs> That's yes. right. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, by the way, I just wanted to before I get to the letters, just to do a quick, um, a little shout out to there's a there's a website that houses or promotes. Uh, Iranian TV shows and movies and and uh, it's called Iran Proud. Some people might know of it. Uh, and um, without uh, us asking this, they have started putting episodes of Rook on Iran Proud. And that we just that was really nice of them. We haven't really done any promotion for this or or told anybody to put it anywhere or anything. So that's it's that it was uh, one of our team members discovered that and saw it and, and it was just great to see. So thank you, Iran Proud. 
All right, let me get to some of these uh, letters for this week before we uh, say goodbye. So, uh, oh, is the mu- oh there? Thank you. I don't. I can't read the letters if the music isn't there. Shia, Reza, whoever you are, an imposter. I thought you all this time. I thought you were Shia from Dang Show. Um, so, this from uh, on episode three we had uh, Ramin Jahanbeglu and Doctor Farnoz. Uh, Zendedel on the show. This is from Siruz Kalatbari on YouTube. Gian, I've listened to all the interviews. They're great. Especially enjoyed your chat with Ramin Jahan Beglu. I love the opening music and was surprised to hear the closing music by Banon. That's right. We closed that show with Banon, which was a great traditional and classic touch. Keep up the good work. Lots of emoticons. Thank you for that, Siruz Cyrus. This from um, Masoud Etezol Khiabani. Hajian, your voice is so calm and soothing. That's very nice. Thank you, Masood. Uh, thanks for finding these characters and mining all the valuable stories from their memories. Godspeed and stay healthy. Thank you for that, Masood. This is from um, Samantha Smith, uh, also on YouTube. I love your Farsi expressions and then kind of a wink because I said uh, last week. <laughs> so, okay. I know that my Farsi is not, you know, ideal. I'm doing my best. Most of the um, Farsi that my fluency in Farsi is Mehmuni Farsi from growing up with my parents, you know, so I don't know a lot of the cool expressions. I'm sure I sound tragically um, ill-prepared when I speak Farsi, but but I understand everything. Don't, don't think you can slip something by me. Thank you for that, uh, Samantha Smith. This is from Rose Morsh. So episode four, we had Rudy Bakhtiar on the show talking about the human Humanitarian Relief Coalition and her work with that. Uh, Rose Morsh says, Loved this, Rudy. You rocked it. Thank you for your humanitarian acts. As another Iranian, I feel honored to know such amazing good deeds are being done for our people. And the letter of the week. Um, fashion designer Shadi Paran was, uh, Parant, I'm sorry, was on uh, from Tehran. She talked about how she's embracing this time creatively, doing her best to to keep an optimistic mindset for this moment, creating change in the world. And she thinks that change can come from this COVID crisis with specific regards to environmental awareness, which is important to Shadi. So this uh, posting from uh, S. Sami on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, Ms. Parand is an inspiration to all creative and independent women. She sounds absolutely fearless and exudes a love of life that is seldom seen among people in our generation. Thank you, Shadi Parand. S. Sami, you have our letter of the week. Thank you for that. You can send letters to info at rookmedia.com or post on our YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram pages, all of which are called Rook Media, by the way. And you can always subscribe. It's free.
so as I promised, I want to play you a, a live recording of Sonos Sotude with the Vancouver Opera Orchestra last year, doing this piece, Nostalgie. And this is full time for Rook today. Thank you to the team, the great little Rook team. Thank you to all those who are helping us out and sharing this uh, content and starting to spread the word about our program. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Mizunmashi. <laughs>